This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. Today, this panel will be on taxes and tariffs. And uh, this will start the, to talk about the, the proposals by the current administration in connection with the tax cuts or versus uh, tax reform. Then we'll talk about the tariffs, the uh, border tax, the border adjustment tax that have also been discussed and what their effects might be, whether they're WTO violations, whether it will start a trade war. And we could, let's start with, uh, with Raul. Thank you, Antonio. The first thing that I'm going to say is that everything that I'm going to say is mere speculation. (laughs) So uh, the only real document out there that we can see and look at and analyze is not even a formal proposal, an an initiative presented before Congress that is being discussed at the floor. Uh, It's not something that the current administration has drafted. It's simply a document that has been issued uh, by the GOP, by the the conservative party, in terms of what they see as a blueprint for tax reform. And as Antonio mentioned, this has the idea of reducing taxes. Of course, this is the way, uh, and and, and there's some good things about that, of course, um, making uh, North America uh, more competitive in terms of taxes, that's always good. Um, and, and I'm touching upon the corporate tax uh, without getting into the individual tax rates, which basically also are going to be reduced. If, if these ideas, if these uh, initiatives go, go through, the, through a Congress and the whole legislative process. The first thing uh, that we need to take into consideration is that the administrations and President Trump Um, uh, statements regarding this border adjustment tax uh, or this this 20% tax on imports, uh, it's nowhere but in his statements. If anyone here knows about a document that that, uh, talks about that, please let me know. I did not really, uh, I I didn't find it to be uh, blunt. Uh, But Going into this uh, new tax that is going to be implemented in the GOP, GOP's mind, uh, it's very interesting. And maybe uh, for those of us that have some experience in Mexican taxation, um, I'm, I'm a Mexican attorney in tax law, and I'm also licensed, and I practice tax law in the United States. And while I practice law in Mexico, I encountered this um, single-rate business tax, or the Yetu tax. Uh, this, this, this proposal looks a lot like this Yetu. It's a consumption-based tax as opposed to an origin-based tax. It does not tax the production of goods, but rather the consumption of goods. In tax parlance, this is called an indirect tax because it falls into the, uh, into the pockets of the consumer, not precisely in the pockets of, of the producer. Uh, how do they do this? Well, uh, the first thing that they propose is to reduce the current corporate income tax rate from, the, from 35% to 20%. That's the first one. It looks great, right? Uh, 20% versus 35%. 
The second thing that they say is, well, imports, uh, imports are not going to be deductible towards the tax base of this new tax. And exports uh, are not going to be taxed. So on the one hand, we have the imports coming in from Mexico and any other part of this world into the U.S. that are not going to be a deductible item. And in the other side, the exports are, are not going to be taxed in the United States. How do they achieve that second portion? And it's very interesting, and this has been debated over a few years, at least the last 10 years, there's been a debate whether the United States should change its current worldwide taxation system, which means basically that corporations have to pay tax on their worldwide income, irrespective of where that income is earned, and as opposed to the uh, territorial income taxation system, which means I'm going to tax only what's being only the U.S. source income. If I'm selling products outside of the United States, there's no, not going to be any tax. That seems uh, also very attractive if I'm a U.S. Uh, investor. Why? Because uh, I can repatriate all the income back into the United States without paying any tax. Uh, what happens today is that we have a very complex system called the CFC rules or the subpart F income rules that tells us that we have to look through a foreign entity, and if there's no active business going on there, we have to uh, look through that income and, and tax it in the United States as, it, as if it was earned in the United States. So instead of having all this very complex, complex tax system where you know, we have to go towards to the other country and see what kind of income it was, if it was active versus passive, and you know, all those things that seem very interesting for us tax attorneys, you know, that the investor says, you know, it's very difficult for me to even follow you know, all these very complicated concepts. So what we're going to do, the GOP says, is we're not going to tax that, those import, those, uh, those, uh, that income that is being generated abroad. Uh, and, and by the way, you know, uh, President Trump says, uh, and the proposal says as well, that there's over a trillion dollars of income parked outside of the U.S. So they say, well, you know, we want you to bring that income back. So we're going to tax you um, at an 8.75% rate as opposed to the current 35% rate. Uh, there's, uh, there's a lot of technicalities there. Uh, it's not the same to, to tax... 8% over the income that is being generated outside as opposed to the actual profits that are outside. And if I can credit the taxes paid, uh, when I say I, I mean a U.S. corporation, credit the taxes that were paid in the foreign jurisdiction towards my U.S. tax liability. So uh, all, all that being said, it seems as though uh, it's a good tax uh, regime. The problem, of course, uh, the, the, there's a lot of things that I don't think that they have analyzed. The one thing is going to, 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 to this um, theme or this topic about crediting taxes. Uh, imagine the converse. When there is a Mexican company coming into the United States and they're faced with, with this new tax, which is not an income tax as we know it right now, so Mexico and many of, his, uh, of the U.S. trading partners have income tax in the U.S. sense. 
And one of the requirements to credit the taxes paid in their home jurisdictions is that the tax is also a in, an income tax. We had that experience already in Mexico with the Yetu, with the single-rate business tax. And the U.S. government back then gave us a free pass and said, well, you know, we're going to treat it as though it's an income tax, and we'll, we're going to analyze its nature. And after we make a determination of its nature, uh, then we'll come up with our final determination. Good thing for Mexico that they actually struck down that tax, and we never heard what was the IRS position. But technically speaking, my, my interpretation, at least, is that that is not an income tax. So just to, to, to wrap that up, I think that um, it's not going uh, to help foreign investment coming to the United States unless all the other countries make some sort of uh, adjustments to their own tax legislations. If everybody all of a sudden becomes a territorial system, it might make sense, but uh, that's not the case. And just to finalize, uh, obviously the impact for Mexico and any other country uh, in their relationship with the United States for this tax reform, um, let me just say one, one, one thing uh, is that this 20% tax that is going to be imposed at the border for, to pay for the wall, it's just a myth in the fact that it's only going to be paid by Mexico. It's, it, if that is going to be passed, it will be a, ta- a 20% tax on the imports coming from every single jurisdiction coming into the United States. So, you know, the rhetoric is always, uh, we know it, but it's going to be, a, it's difficult. It's a myth, in my opinion, that they could impose a tax exclusively for the imports coming into, from, into uh, I'm sorry, from Mexico into the United States. Evidently, this is... Um, a very bad tax result if I'm a, an, an, an exporter in Mexico. Uh, uh, the imports into the U.S. would not be deductible, so that will increase at 20% uh, in real terms, the, the cost of that good. And, you know, if, if Congress talks to the current administration, I'm sure they won't impose the 20% tax and then deny the availability of a deduction. Because then we're talking about an extra, you know, 40% in relative terms to increase the cost of an imported good. So uh, I do believe there's going to be an adjustment. I, do be, I, I don't think it's going to be in the way of this destina- uh, destination-based tax. It will create a lot of problems uh, internationally, um, just, it, and it will impact the foreign trade coming into the U.S., I think it's going to happen, uh, something's going to happen like uh, with Mexico, with this Yetu that became a Frankenstein. Uh, you know, it, was, it adopted some, some, uh, some, some features of the income tax and some features of the, income, of the value-added tax and mixed them together and created this new tax. That's like this new tax looks like. Um, uh, and then, uh, and that's, uh, that's pretty much you know, the impact that I see if this legislation passes, it definitely is going to impact the, the, the exporters coming from Mexico. And Raul, if this legislation does pass, what are your thoughts about the treaties that exist between the United States and other countries around the world regarding double taxation? Yeah, well, the, 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 very most, the most important issue is the issue of creditability of foreign taxes. 
So there is, uh, you know, I, I'm no expert in NAFTA, but I do know that the, 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 the commitments that both Mexico and the United States established when negotiating this uh, international uh, tax treaty, treaties. And one of the clauses is, you know, we're going to provide for a credit. We, Mexico or the U.S., are going to provide for a tax credit for the taxes paid abroad. Uh, so, you know, this seems to be in direct conflict with the current tax treaties. Um, not only NAFTA, but the current tax treaty, which is completely opposite, not opposite, completely different from NAFTA. Okay. Great. Steve? Well, I'm going to switch gears here a little bit and, and talk, kind of continue on with what we're all talked about and get into a little more, uh, give me that, a little more detail uh, in terms of the process uh, that you're going to see through. Um, I'm more of an operational guy. I mean, I do import-export work. I've worked with NAFTA since 1994. I actually started working with the U.S.-Canada Free Trade Agreement back in 1989 when that started. Um, we're actually here in San Diego. I work on the border. And so we work a lot with the NAFTA agreement. And one thing I'll tell you is that from an operational perspective, international trade to any company out there only means two things. International trade is all about, number one, save money and reduce costs, or number two, grow sales and, and sell more product in other markets. That's it. That's international trade in a nutshell. And if, if you don't understand why people are in Mexico producing, and we've got about 3,000 trucks every day that cross into Mexico southbound and about 3,000 trucks northbound just here um, in San Diego, a massive amount of volume. Those companies are in there in Mexico for one primary reason, save money, reduce costs. That's it. And that's why you're there, and that's what they're doing. So what's happening with all this talk going on in Washington, it's creating the one thing that businesses hate, uncertainty. They hate it. They hate uncertainty. But the only good thing about uncertainty is that many times when things are changing, guess what? New opportunities, new potential, maybe new markets. And so we're seeing a lot of companies are very uncertain. They don't like uncertainty. But like, like you say, look at the stock market. Any problem there? Stock market is, is higher and keeps going higher virtually every day because the business community, while they don't always like uncertainty, they do like new opportunities. And in some respects, I think that this tax may actually be that. When you look at this, there's actually three things going on right now on the table that we see from our perspective Certainly the renegotiation or termination of NAFTA, that, that's one issue on the table right now. Uh, a border tax, which only applies to Mexico, and then what we call the border adjustment tax, which apparently applies to all imports. When you look at NAFTA, uh, this kind of gives you a little summary of the impact that NAFTA currently has on an import into the United States. Uh, if you bring a television in, for example, from Mexico uh, at a $500 landed cost, uh, with NAFTA, you won't pay any duty on that whatsoever. If NAFTA went away, the duty would be about 4.2%, and you'd pay about $21. Now, the average duty in the United States today is only about 2.5%. So we're not talking big numbers here for most people. It certainly adds up over time. And if you're running a very low-margin business, 2.5% can certainly have a big impact. If you look at a T-shirt here example, a $10 landed cost, the duty on that would be zero if it qualifies for NAFTA. The duty rate on that is 17%, so that's $1.70 without NAFTA. So you can see there's an impact a little bit more there. Apparel, footwear, 
have some of the highest duties out there today. Uh, so if you brought in a product, a T-shirt from China, you'd be paying 17% today. Uh, and then here's another example of the grape tomato, uh, $5 landed cost, zero duty with NAFTA. Without NAFTA, it's about $0.20. Cents. Um, so obviously that's kind of the impact of, of NAFTA if it did go away. For most companies here on the southern border, I will tell you, if NAFTA goes away, not a big deal for most of them. Uh, most of the products made in Mexico, as I said, the average duty is only 2.5%. And a lot of items coming out of Mexico uh, that are made in Mexico, we do a lot of work in the medical industry, uh, medical equipment, medical supplies. They're unconditionally duty-free from anywhere in the world. Furniture, unconditionally duty-free from anywhere in the world. Most electronics, uh, computer-type systems or automated systems, unconditionally duty-free from anywhere in the world. You bring them in from China, you bring them in from Mexico. NAFTA has zero impact on those, on those transactions. So not a huge issue uh, for a lot of companies in terms of, of really that part of NAFTA. And again, NAFTA has a lot of impact in a lot of other areas. I won't say it's only limited to this, uh, but that's certainly the area that I deal with in most. Now, if you talk about a border tax, um, and like Raul talked about, when you look at a border tax, there's sort of two concepts here. There's one is called a border tax, Mexico only, and then the BAT, border adjustment tax, all imports. It's crazy to think they're going to only do this against Mexico. I don't believe that's ever going to happen. But, but look at the scenario here. The way it basically works is if you bring in a TV from Mexico, $500 landed cost, you have sales and distribution expenses of about 100 bucks, and you sell that for $1,000. Essentially, you've generated about a $400 profit. Today, at 35%, you're going to pay about $140. Now, if you had the BAT, it would be 20%. But it includes the cost of the TV. So you can see they're costing you there. It's $900 tax or it's taxed on $900, about $180. So you got to kind of balance that off is what happened is certainly the, the tax rate went down, but it went against a bigger number in that case. Obviously, if you had a domestic TV, you can see under that scenario, currently you're paying about $140 with a 35% tax. If the tax goes down, it goes down to $80. That's a pretty nice savings there. Uh, you can see why companies like Caterpillar, companies like Boeing, guess what? They love this. They're in favor of this. Now, Boeing and Caterpillar import a lot of goods. But I will tell you that most of the stuff they make is right here, and they're massive exporters. And that's the next one. Uh, you see TV imported from non-Mexico. Obviously, you could see if it's non-Mexico, uh, they would still get the better rate. The better option, though, is this one. This is kind of the border adjustment tax. And the border adjustment tax really applies to all imports, the way we're hearing about it. The TV imported, that's the difference. You can see it's $140 today, about about $180 tomorrow. Uh, the TV domestic obviously goes down, but here's the big difference. Look at that exported TV. If you make a TV here in the United States and you export it, guess what the tax is? Zero. It's a massive savings there went from $140 to $0. Um, so you can see that's why Caterpillar and Boeing are lining up and saying, all right, this is great. We love it. Thank you very much. And they're right now in Washington lobbying very aggressively for this position simply because they've done the math and it's very beneficial to them. Now, the ones who are going to be big losers in this, the big losers are going to be the retailers. Uh, and the retailers certainly are going to have a much harder time because for the most part, the retailers are bringing everything in. It's all imported. So they're going to get hit with this tax uh, uh, pretty high 
uh, when it happens. In addition, the one thing you have to look at when you look at this tax, it really depends on your margins. If you're in a very high margin business, that means you have very high profitability. A lot of product, let's say Nike, for example. Nike brings in a T-shirt into the United States for about maybe $5. But guess what they sell it at? $25, $35, $40. They have a very large margin. That 20% tax is only going to apply to the what? To the $5, not to their margin. Well, that's where most of their profit is on the margin. So in a high-margin business, guess what? It doesn't look so bad. Now, if you're in a low-margin business, as a lot of companies are very low-margin businesses, where you're working literally five, you can in pennies. In those cases, this tax is going to be real onerous. So it's a matter of mathematics. I can tell you a lot of companies right now are spending a lot of time doing the math, looking at the numbers, and it's a numbers game. And again, the 20%, well, that's, that's not bad. I mean, if it comes down that much, that's, that's a pretty good deal, uh, particularly on the exports. Uh, that could be a, a very nice benefit. So it's kind of, there's going to be some winners. There's certainly going to be some user, losers in this. Uh, if you're a user, that means you bring in a product and you use it. I think you're going to get taxed. It'll have a little bit different impact. If you're a distributor, it can have a different impact. And if you're a retailer, it can have a different impact. So it really depends on the nature of your business. A lot of companies will bring product into the U.S. and sell it directly. Some will bring it into the U.S., distribute it. Some will bring it into the U.S. and use it in a manufacturing process as they're building something else. And there the impact might be certainly a little bit less. But this is certainly, I think, going to be a, a, a pretty significant issue. These are the things that we're worried about. Uh, we're worried about, number one, this is case by case. It really depends on the company. It depends on their situation. It depends on their facts. Also, the big issue, too, is a WTO subsidy. Our biggest concern right now is this is going to probably be against the World Trade Organization subsidy uh, restrictions because if you start giving zero duty or zero tax on exports, guess what you've just done? You subsidize exports. And right now, the United States is challenging China on doing exactly the same thing. China gives rebates when you export out of China. You actually get a rebate when you export out of China. And they've been fighting that for several years. Now, of course, Trump's position, I've heard on this, is saying, yeah, yeah, they might be against it. But guess how long these WTO things take? Forever. So uh, they could go ahead and implement this and people can fight it. But it could be a very, very slow process. Obviously, this could be a definite violation of NAFTA. So if you do any of this stuff, I think that's an issue that could happen. Uh, trade wars. There's no question that if you do this and you start penalizing other countries or it becomes more costly for them, they're not going to give you the better rates. And that could be certainly a, a, an issue there. Uncertainty, strategic opportunities. And the biggest issue, I think, is going to be enforcement. Uh, how the government's going to enforce these things, how are you going to track and trace what the origin is of different components that's going into something, uh, that's going to be certainly a challenge. And, and if I just may add uh, uh, a very specific case that is obviously very important for the Mexico-U.S. relationship, and it has to do with the disallowance of deducting imports and exempting exports. Uh, most or many cases, uh, a Mexican maquiladora uh, imports into Mexico uh, all the raw materials and the machinery and equipment that it's acquired in the United States. So in, the, in, in that case... You know, you're acquiring domestically, then you're transferring, transferring it over to Mexico. You're, you're manufacturing and bringing it back to the United States. 
obviously, you know, the, the final, final good is going to have a, a little bit of uh, increase in its price, but it's going to be very little. But you already had the deduction in, in the U.S. if you acquired those assets in, in the U.S. Mexico is not going to tax the maquiladoras as they usually don't. Uh, it's a very small uh, tax um, the margin in the in Mexico. If you if, basically, they just want uh, the Mexican government is, um, as we all know, interested in having those those jobs in, in in the Mexican market. Not so much about the tax revenue there. So, I mean, just to to put it in perspective, in that specific sector of the industry, I don't think it's going to even if all this passes. I don't see much uh, harm in the, in the maquiladora industry. But again, remember what I said first. I'm only speculating. I don't know. <laughs> and, and we'll open this up for questions. Um, I was just wondering, under a flexible exchange rate regime, uh, how would that offset some of the border tax adjustments uh, impact, um, if, assuming that the Fed doesn't change interest rate? So if, if, I, if I understood the question correctly, uh, basically, what's the impact of the currency uh, fluctuations? Um, and I, I, I think that plays in favor of Mexico. Uh, really, uh, the, the, the uh, production that is still going to be continued being done in Mexico, uh, the dollar keeps getting stronger. Uh, uh, you know, I'm going to have more pesos with, my, with the same dollars to produce in the U.S. So... Uh, you know, I'm no economist, but I, 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 I think that's going to be the case. Yeah, Mexico certainly become much more competitive uh, just because of the dollar-peso exchange rate. As I said, even if I think all this goes through, I think Mexico is fine. Mexico is still a great market. And for a company, by the way, for a company to move back to the U.S., uh, that will take you literally several years to reestablish operations here in the United States. And I just don't see them actually doing it. Uh, I think they'll absorb a lot of this. You say it's 20 percent, but it's really not 20 percent. I said if the margins are there, you could get some of these numbers down where the net impact might be a, a 4 or 5 percent increase. And I think a lot of companies can actually absorb that in some way. Yeah, prices might go up a little bit for some consumer goods, certainly. But if they only did this to Mexico, guess what would happen? Everybody leave Mexico and they go everywhere else. They go to Guatemala, they go to Honduras, they go everywhere else. So that wouldn't solve the problem. I think this is going to be a tax that will probably be applied to all imports, which means Mexico is still going to be ultra-competitive as to any other place, and people have to do their production somewhere. Um, so I think Mexico is probably going to be fun. Well, thank you, Raul. Thank you, Steve. I think this has been very surprising for most of us. Thank you. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.